In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let us kneel. O most adorable Trinity, to Thee be praise, to Thee be glory, to Thee be thanksgiving through endless ages. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, behold us prostrate in Thy divine presence. We humble ourselves profoundly and beg of Thee the forgiveness of our sins. We adore Thee, Almighty Father, and with hearts overflowing, we thank Thee that Thou hast given us Thy divine Son, Jesus, to be our Redeemer, and that He hath bequeathed Himself to us in the most august Eucharist, even to the end of the world, revealing unto us the wondrous love of His heart in this mystery of faith and love. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O Word of God, dear Jesus and Redeemer, we adore Thee, and with hearts overflowing we thank Thee for having taken human flesh upon Thee and become for our redemption both priest and victim in the sacrifice of the cross a sacrifice which, through the exceeding love of thy sacred heart, thou dost renew upon our altars at every moment. O High Priest, O Divine Victim, give us the grace to honor thy holy sacrifice in the most adorable Eucharist with the homage of Mary, most holy, and of all thy holy Church, triumphant, suffering, and militant. We offer ourselves wholly to Thee. Of Thine infinite goodness and merits, do Thou accept our offering. Unite it to Thine own and grant us Thy blessing. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O Divine Spirit, the Paraclete, we adore Thee and with hearts overflowing. We give thee thanks that thou hast with such great love for us wrought the ineffable blessing of the incarnation of the Word of God, a blessing which is being continually extended and enlarged in the most august sacrament of the Eucharist. Ah, by this adorable mystery of the love of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, do thou grant unto us and all poor sinners thy holy grace. Pour forth thy holy gifts upon us and upon all redeemed souls and in an especial manner upon the visible head of the church, the supreme Roman pontiff, upon all cardinals, bishops, and pastors of souls, upon priests and all other ministers of thy sanctuary. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Today is the feast of the most blessed Trinity. This is the central mystery of our Catholic religion. In fact, the Catholic religion exists in order to make this mystery known to all so that all souls may come to know the truth about God. 
Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And once knowing God, may love Him, serve Him, and give Him glory. All of the great mysteries of our faith have their source in this mystery of the Blessed Trinity. And they also lead us to the Blessed Trinity. Think for just a few moments on the sacrament of baptism. In the sacrament of baptism, that's when your true life begins. Not our natural life given to us by our parents, but our supernatural life given to us by the Holy Ghost, by water and the Spirit. And so, your true life, that which begins in baptism, is a share in the life of the Blessed Trinity. And that's why, at our baptism, we can say that already in our souls is the seed of eternal life. Because we've been given a share of the life of God. A life, a share in the life of the Blessed Trinity. I'll give you just a couple of examples here, three examples of really how all the mysteries of our Catholic religion and how all the aspects of our faith, they have their source in the Blessed Trinity, the mystery of God, and how they lead us to God, to the Blessed Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The first example is the mystery of the church. There are, sadly, people who very mistakenly will make the claim that they believe in God, but that they don't believe in the church. They set the church aside. Well, the reason why the Catholic Church exists is because God is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Basically, because God is God. And one of the clearest signs of the Blessed Trinity on this earth is in fact the Catholic Church, His Church. In speaking about the Church, notice how all our identity has to do with the Blessed Trinity. As Catholics, as baptized Catholics, we are children of God, children of our Father who is in heaven. We now have a new relationship with God the Father. He truly is our Father. We truly are His children. Therefore, we are members of the church. As members of the church, we are also members of the mystical body of Christ. Notice the relationship with the second person of the Blessed Trinity, God the Son. We're members of the mystical body of Christ. The Catholic Church is also the bride of Christ. Again, related to the second person of the Blessed Trinity. And then with regard to the Holy Ghost, the Catholic Church is the living temple of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost truly is the soul of the Catholic Church. Another example, the Blessed Virgin Mary. The Blessed Virgin Mary, again, here too, she leads us to God, the Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. This is why the Blessed Virgin Mary is so great. This is also why the Blessed Virgin Mary is essential for our salvation, because she's leading us to God, the Blessed Trinity. 
Just like the church, the Blessed Virgin Mary, she is one of the clearest signs of the truth about God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Because she's the most beloved daughter of the Father. She's the mother of the Son. She's the spouse of the Holy Ghost. Notice again how she is related to the Blessed Trinity, revealing to us who God is, who God the Father is, who God the Son is, who God the Holy Ghost is. And then all of the sacraments. The sacraments are also extremely important because more than anything else, what all of the sacraments do is they communicate to us the life of God. That's what we call sanctifying grace. All of the sacraments either begin giving us sanctifying grace, like the sacrament of baptism, or they increase in our souls that sanctifying grace, that life of God, that life of the Blessed Trinity. And so, again, that's why the sacraments are so important. That's why the sacraments are essential for salvation, because of their link with the Blessed Trinity. Every time that we come to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, the Catholic Church is instilling in us this great mystery of God, the Blessed Trinity, and also instilling in us devotion and reverence for God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. One of the ways is through the prayer of the Creed. Every single Sunday we pray the Creed. Don't forget that the Creed Again, all of the mysteries of our faith, they're basically flowing from the Blessed Trinity because the Creed is divided into three parts. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in the Holy Ghost. Three parts, belief in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. And then also very, a very beautiful way in which the Holy Mass is instilling in us this Again, love, devotion, reverence for the Blessed Trinity is in the prayer that's called the preface of the Most Holy Trinity. You can find this in your missals. Every Mass has a, what's called a preface. That's kind of the introduction into the most sacred prayer of the Mass, which is the canon. That's where you have the consecration. The canon basically begins with the Holy Holy. Sanctus, 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 Holy, Holy, Holy. The prayer that leads into the Holy, Holy is called the preface. Every Sunday of the year, starting today, when I say every Sunday of the year, we're not counting the Sundays of Lent and Easter and of Christmas. But the Sundays of Advent and then all the Sundays after Pentecost, all of the Sunday Masses, they have the same preface, and it's the preface of the Most Holy Trinity. It's a beautiful prayer, again, in which we're expressing our faith in this great mystery, the central mystery of our Catholic religion. I want to point out to you this morning, just briefly a little bit, the epistle for today's Mass. It's taken from Romans chapter 11. And listen again to the beginning of today's epistle. Because St. Paul, and obviously the Holy Ghost inspiring St. Paul, really the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost through St. Paul, is giving us a marvelous teaching on this mystery of the Blessed Trinity. 
And the epistle for today then begins, quote, Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How incomprehensible are his judgments and how unsearchable his ways, close quote. St. Paul is expressing to us how infinitely above us is God. His knowledge, His wisdom, His ways. Basically, it's a teaching on the incomprehensibility of the Most Holy Trinity. We, with our limited minds, remember last Sunday I spoke about our weak minds, our weak hearts, our weak wills. We, with our limited minds, can never fully understand the infinite mystery of God. His infinite goodness, His infinite wisdom, His infinite majesty. But the reason why I point this out to you this morning, and again, the reason also why this is the epistle for today's Mass, Feast of the Blessed Trinity, is because it's so important for true faith in God, for you to truly believe in God, to believe in God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, it's so important that often, very often, very frequently, that you remind yourself of these great truths. And again, you take them straight from Romans chapter 11, today's epistle. That you remind yourself the depths, the riches of God's wisdom and knowledge. How infinite is God's wisdom, how infinite is His knowledge. How incomprehensible are his judgments and unsearchable his ways. Because so often we do the opposite. What happens is we question God. We question God and we complain to God. We say, God, why did you allow this? God, why did you answer this prayer? God, why don't you do this? Why did you allow that? And we go on and on and on doubting God just because what is happening doesn't fit our limited understanding. So we question God, we complain to God. Rather than adore and bow down before God and say, God, how great is your wisdom, how infinite is your wisdom. And the ways that you bring about good even from evil and even from my own sin. Really look, any one of you, if you exercise your faith, you will be able to verify this. You will be able to verify that at different points in your life, I'd say maybe especially when you were going through very difficult times, and let's say you doubted, let's say you maybe had doubts about why is God allowing this. If you remain faithful to God, I would say almost certainly at one point or another as time goes on, you will have begun to realize and see some of the marvelous things that God does when you thought, I mean, like let's say you had no idea that it could come out this way. I mean, I often think about this just in my own life as a priest because I've mentioned it a little bit, kind of, I, I don't know that I've always gone in depth into it because to really go in depth, it would take me hours. But I sometimes make reference to what has been the greatest trial in my priesthood. I'd say the greatest difficulty, the greatest sorrow. 
And in a sense, it kind of still continues even to today. This basically began about 11 years ago. It began in the year 2011. And in some ways, I would say I pretty much lost everything as a priest. I mean, not completely everything, but certainly at that time, I felt like I lost everything, including my own reputation and good name. I mean, again, I could go more in detail, but I just bring it up right now because even to this day, I continue to be amazed at how, as the years have gone by, how so many things have taken place, kind of as a consequence of that, that I could never have imagined that I would say are also great blessings of God. And as I look back, it's easier for me now to say, wow, truly God's knowledge, His wisdom, His ways are infinitely above what I thought or what I was seeing or what I was thinking at that time. We have to remain faithful. Again, here's another example. Not too long ago, I was talking with one of the faithful. She didn't go into too many details, but she was mentioning kind of just in general all of the sufferings that she had gone through in her life. And then she said the following. She said, God has been very cruel. Again, her point. God has been very cruel to me because look at all the suffering that I've had to endure. And I tried to kind of veer her away from that because I told her no. I said, God is infinitely good. He's infinitely good and He's infinitely loving. It doesn't matter. Listen carefully. It doesn't matter what you've experienced in your life. You maybe have experienced the worst of the worst, the greatest tragedies, death of your children, death of your parents, death of your siblings. You've lost all your possessions. You've lost your home. You've lost your, your reputation. But all of those things are passing. They're not going to last forever. But what does last forever is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. And His infinite love, His infinite wisdom, His infinite goodness. That never changes. It always has been. It always is and it always will be. And I really just tried to encourage this woman. I said, look, you cannot interpret God based on what you experience in your life. Because then what you're making the foundation are your experiences. And then you say, oh, well, God must be cruel because, you know, I've suffered. I said, no. The absolute foundation of everything and of your life has to be the great mystery of the Blessed Trinity. I didn't say it this way. I'm kind of switching it a little bit in the context of today's feast. has to be the mystery of the Blessed Trinity. And you have to really always make that act of faith that God's ways, even when you can't understand them, even when the most innocent suffer, you have to make that profession of faith that his wisdom and his knowledge are infinite and that they are truly treasures of richness and how his ways are unsearchable and incomprehensible to us. We have to trust in him and we have to make that profession of faith in him. Remember, don't forget that Job from the Old Testament. I actually quoted Job back when I was giving my last sermon 
in the little mission church in Shafter. Some of you maybe know about this, maybe others don't. You can look it up. Uh, in my last sermon that I gave in, in Shafter, when I, when I, this is part of the trial when I was also losing a lot there, I actually quoted Job from the book of Job, where Job, and again, remember Job, he loses everything. You know, he loses his health, he loses his family, he loses all his possessions, he loses all his livestock, loses everything. And again, he struggles. Natural to struggle. You know, he struggles kind of questioning God and complaining to God. But in the end, also what he's able to pray is he's able to pray, blessed be God. God has given, God has taken away. Blessed be his holy name. That is what true faith in God and in the blessed Trinity is. That whatever the difficulties that we pass through, that we say, blessed be his holy name. Blessed be God the Father. Blessed be his infinite goodness. Blessed be God the Son. Blessed be my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Blessed be the Holy Ghost. And note that in the last Sundays I've been talking about the virtue of perseverance. This is where perseverance also really kicks in in relation to our faith in the Blessed Trinity. Because especially when things are difficult, when it's kind of mysterious to us and we can't explain why God allows what He allows, a lot of times suffering, sicknesses, etc. This is especially when we have to persevere in believing in God, adoring God, Hoping in God and loving God. Not doing the opposite and losing hope and losing faith and saying God is cruel. God doesn't answer my prayers. God doesn't care about me. No, that's when you have to persevere even more. I believe in God. I adore God. Blessed be His holy name. I hope in Him. I love Him. And even though I cannot understand it right now, I know that He loves me and that He will use this, let's say, tragedy to bring about my spiritual good. Don't always just think about material goods. To bring about my spiritual good. To bring about the salvation of my soul. To bring about the salvation of more souls. And also remember the very end of today's epistle. The very end of today's epistle, Romans chapter 11 St. Paul says some simple words, but marvelous words. He, he writes, quote, To him be glory forever. Amen. Close quote. To God, the blessed Trinity, be glory forever. Amen. So be it. No matter what, again, whether things are going well for us, whether things are not going so well for us, according to our limited perspective and our limited understanding. To Him be glory forever. Amen. And so what this means is it means that honor and glory are due to the Father. Honor and glory are due to the Son. Honor and glory are due to the Holy Ghost. This is the purpose of our lives. You are on this earth. I am on this earth to give honor and glory to the Father, to give honor and glory to the Son, to give honor and glory to the Holy Ghost. How do we do this? We honor God, the Father, primarily by obeying His will. By doing our best to do our Father's will who is in heaven. Being obedient children. The virtue of obedience. This is why obedience is so important. 
And again, obedience to God the Father, first and foremost. Obedience to God. Obedience to our Catholic religion. Again, this is why the Catholic Church is experiencing such a difficult crisis right now. Because already there is grave disobedience to God the Father, His commandments, the sacraments. Grave disobedience to the teachings of the Catholic Church. Which we have the guarantee, this is God's will. Teachings of the Catholic Church. They're not there to be changed or to be adapted to supposedly changing times and changing circumstances. So remember, the way that you honor and give glory to the Father more than any other way, obedience. Obedience to His most holy will. Always seeking to do the Father's will. What we pray in the Our Father. May thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May thy will be done in my intellect, in my heart, in my will. How do we honor, how do we give honor and glory to Jesus Christ the Son? Primarily by taking him as our model and following him. Looking to Jesus as our model. Our model is not, and again, so oftentimes we talk about, you know, my mother did this, my father did this, look at the Hollywood stars, you know, everybody else is doing this, look at what's on television. We're always taking examples from, again, a fallen world. Our example has to be our Savior, Jesus Christ. This is what it means to give Him honor, not following the example of others. I mean, even priests, hopefully you have holy priests, but even priests, they're not our first and most important model. Our first and most important model is our Savior Jesus Christ. It is from Him that we must learn, especially how to sacrifice and how to love. And so this is why, again, so important that you, that you read from the Holy Gospels that you read about the life of Christ, that you read and that you become more and more familiar with the words of eternal life that he provides for us. Husbands, again, next week is Father's Day. So for the Catholic fathers and husbands, one of the main reasons why there is so much pain, sorrow and brokenness in Catholic families and in Catholic marriages is because the father and the husband isn't striving daily to follow the example of Christ. Christ is his example. And that's why St. Paul teaches, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Every single Catholic husband, I mean, should be striving every day to look to Christ as his model. Again, it's true, because we're human beings, so much of the good and bad in us, we learn it from our parents also, from you know, our own fathers and our own mothers. That's why it's so important that we also seek to purify ourselves and to turn and ask for that healing and the help of the Holy Ghost so that our true model can be Christ. And again, I'm giving the specific example of the Catholic fathers and husbands. You are to love your wives after the example of Christ loving the church. And finally, the Holy Ghost. How do we honor and give glory to the Holy Ghost? All the graces which we need for our sanctification and salvation come from the Holy Ghost. He enlightens us. It is the Holy Ghost that enlightens us that we may know what is good and pleasing to God 
and what we must do and avoid. He encourages us to do good. Anytime that we want to do something good, pray more faithfully, forgive those who've harmed us, the Holy Ghost. He strengthens us to overcome all temptations and to serve God faithfully. He also purifies and sanctifies us in the sacraments. And it is by His assistance that we are enabled to perform meritorious works, make progress in virtue, and persevere to the end in God's grace. That's the Holy Ghost. And so we honor the Holy Ghost, we honor and give glory to the Holy Ghost by making good use of His graces. The Holy Ghost is the giver of all good gifts. He's the giver of all graces. And so you honor Him, that's who He is. He gives and He gives and He gives grace upon grace upon grace. And so you honor and give glory to the Holy Ghost when you are ready to receive those graces. And when you cooperate with those graces, and when you pray for those graces, think especially the sacraments. The Holy Ghost is mightily working in the sacraments. So you honor the Holy Ghost when you frequent the sacraments, when you go off into confession, when you go off into Holy Communion, and when you prepare yourself well, when you go with devotion, when you go with reverence. Obviously also, here again, come the teachings of the church. It is the Holy Ghost that is guiding the church in terms of her doctrine. And so, this is a great grace. The Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Truth, teaching us the truth. Well, you have to cooperate with that, believe these truths, and shape your life in accordance with the truth that comes to us from the Holy Ghost. Again, the teachings of the church. And so very important that you study your catechism. You study what the church teaches. You study what the truth is. That's one of the ways in which you're cooperating with the grace of the Holy Ghost. I conclude by mentioning to you three prayers. Remember these three prayers. Because when you have temptations against the faith, against not trusting enough in God, not believing enough in God, Doubting God because you can't seem to understand why He allows what He allows. Pray these prayers with faith and devotion. One of them is the glory be. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. Glory is always to be given to God. Think about what you're praying. Glory to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Ghost as it was in the be- from the very beginning, now and forever. Doesn't matter what's happening in our personal experiences or in our personal lives or in the life of our country. Right now, bad news for our country right now, as many of you know. Still, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. So pray the glory be with devotion, with reverence. And then also, pray also, remember, the prayer of Fatima. It's a wonderful prayer in honor of the Blessed Trinity. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love Thee. I ask pardon of Thee. For those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. And you can even add a little twist to it and put specifically there the Blessed Trinity by saying, My God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee. Beautiful prayer. I ask pardon of thee for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. And the final one is the creed. Don't forget the importance of praying the creed, the Apostles' Creed. Normally, as faithful Catholics, we should make it a point to pray the creed, like in the morning and at night. 
But what St. Ambrose, I'm just going to give you a short little story about St. Ambrose. What St. Ambrose says about the Apostles' Creed, it also applies to the Glory Be and to this Fatima prayer that I just mentioned to you. So, St. Ambrose. St. Ambrose, doctor of the church, had a sister who, like himself, was leading a holy life. Once, she asked him how to overcome temptations against the faith. And he wrote, Every morning and night, say with fervor the Apostles' Creed. And when such temptations come, say it again, and you will easily overcome them. She did this and found the value and truth of the advice. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.